Here we go. It's Wednesday, October the 18th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're going to be continuing our study on the book of Proverbs. We're in chapter 26, beginning with verse 13. Now, this section for today is entitled, All About Fools. That is, those who are unbelievers. And so what we have to take a look at is what God thinks about a fool, which he refers to as a sluggard in chapter 13. The sluggard says, there is a lion in the road, there is a lion in the streets. What does that mean? How is that a proverb in the Bible? Well, in fact, the first four proverbs, verses 13 through 16, are about sluggards. And what does a sluggard say? There is a lion in the road, there's a lion in the streets. What does God mean by that? Well, the sluggard uses any excuse to avoid labor. I used to do that when I was a kid, a teenager. My dad would give me the task of cutting the lawn, and I would pray for rain. And even if it looked like a storm was coming, I would say, well, I don't want to get wet while I'm doing the grass, and I would skip doing the grass. You see, in the day of Solomon, lions were not living around the streets or the roads of Palestine. Lions were in the wilderness away from the city. And so to use an excuse, well, I don't want to go out to work today because there are lions in the road and in the streets, that would be seen as an excuse not to do proper labor. In fact, verse 14 again describes the sluggard as a door turns on its hinges so does a sluggard on his bed. Now, I I know what that's talking about. Because every morning, Monday to Friday, I love doing Law and Gospel on KFUO. Because KFUO is the only station in the world that is totally confessional and biblical. But then... When Saturday comes and I'm not on the air, boy, do I love waking up. I usually wake up at the time I should be on the air, but I turn on the bed and try and go back to sleep. It's not unusual that I would sleep past the time of if I had a program. So that's 
what this proverb is talking about. A sluggard turns in the bed like a door turns on its hinges. It's lazy. In fact, he's so lazy. Look at 15 and we're in Proverbs 26. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish and it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. What's that talking about? Well, a sluggard, a lazy person, is considered so lazy by God that he compares it to a lazy person not being able to feed himself because it's hard to put the spoon down into whatever you're eating and bring it back up to your mouth. That's a lazy person. And the final verse on the sluggard, the, wise, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Now, you, you really need a pastor here because a, a lay person without the background of the culture of that day would not understand this. Who cares if seven men answers sensibly? Well, in the day of Solomon and the day of Jesus, the number seven referred to comprehensiveness. Remember what Peter asked Jesus once? Lord, do we forgive a person once or do we have to go seven times? And what did Jesus respond to that? No, 70 times seven. In other words, 490 times. Or in other words, you can never stop forgiving if you're really dealing with a person who is repentant. But Peter thought seven was comprehensive because that's how they considered the number seven in that day. In fact, these four Proverbs, from God's point of view, are really talking about sluggards in the kingdom of God. You go to a person and ask them, would you be able to help in the church? Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, that's the day that I do my lawn. Or, I'm sorry, I won't be able to do that because that's the day we go out to eat. And they give an excuse. They're like a door on its hinges, turning in his bed. And the slugger thinks he is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. In fact, that was talked about earlier in the book of Proverbs, where the men who can answer sensibly were the elders at the gate of the city. But this particular sluggard didn't go to the gate of the city to talk to them. 
because he was always put in his place. He was unable to answer sensibly. And that occurs with theology also. Can you answer sensibly? And in the Bible, that means you know what other Bible verses clarify the Bible verse under dispute, and you're able to answer sensibly. Going on, we have five more Proverbs that compare protests that are dealing with strife. Verse 17, whoever meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. Now, what does that mean? Well, a passing dog would be a dog that is not a pet, but a wild dog. In fact, we have something like that, talking about taggers. Do not get a tagger by his tail, because that's not going to protect you. He'll be really angry, turn around, and bite you. And so, if you get involved in a quarrel, not your own, it's like one who takes a passing dog and takes him by the ears. You're going to get bit. Well, what does it mean, a quarrel, not your own? Well, this would be strife between two neighbors over an issue that you really have nothing to do. And therefore, when you get involved in that quarrel, it's like taking a passing wild dog by the ears. The next two verses continue. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is like the man who deceives his neighbor and then says, well, I was only joking. He claims that he was only jesting with someone, even though he threw firebrands, arrows, and maybe even death. In other words, by what he says. This is a clear breaking of the fifth commandment. Thou shalt not hurt nor harm your neighbor. And so when you deceive your neighbor and then says, well, I was only joking, that is not proper behavior. Verse 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. Okay, there's your metaphor. Obviously, if you have a fire, you're on a camping trip, and you run out of wood, the fire is going to go out. So what is God comparing that to? The second line. And where there is no whisper, quarreling, ceases. 
So here God is comparing the lack of wood on a fire to someone who is a gossiper. And why do people love to gossip? They do so to attract attention to themselves. And so a gossiper is like having a lack of wood and the firewood goes out if there is no gossiper and the quarreling ceases. That's a real insight by God to show why there is continued strife. Verse 21, as charcoal is to hot embers and wood to the fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. Now, two other times in Proverbs, it was a quarrelsome woman. Remember, a man is better off sitting on the precipice of his roof than living with a quarrelsome woman. But here we talk of a quarrelsome man. So both man and woman, both can be quarrelsome. And a quarrelsome man or woman kindles strife. 22, verse 22 of chapter 26. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. This is against the Eighth Commandment. You see, the Proverbs give expanded explanations of the Ten Commandments. This one, the Eighth Commandment, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. You, you like to tell things about your neighbor. The false witness may even be true, but you like doing it because, as Luther says, we always like to say something negative about a person because it makes us feel good about ourselves. And therefore, the words, again, of a gossiper are like delicious morsels. They're easily swallowed food. And they go down into the inner parts of the body. And that is a way in the Hebrew of saying they begin to mortify your body. 23. Like the glaze covering an earthen vessel. So there's a metaphor, and God's going to compare it to something, but you need to understand what he refers to as the glaze. The glaze or dross is the leftover byproduct from refining silver. It's called lead oxide. It looks very nice when you cover something, an earthen vessel like a 
pan or a pot, but it's really cheap and it can break off. So what is God comparing this leftover dross from refining silver to? He says, that is like fervent lips with an evil heart. Now, the word fervent means smooth. We run into people like that. They can convince others of their false teaching because they are smooth talkers, but they have an evil heart. And so they're like the dross left over from refining silver that covers an earthen vessel. And that's too bad. This is the first of four Proverbs that are talking about schemers. Verse 24, whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. Now, we know of people like that that we have become acquainted with. They have lips that sound really good. They're always boasting about you, but in their heart, they have ill will. And therefore, they don't really believe what they are saying, but they're trying to get on your good side for the purpose of harboring deceit in their heart. And God says, watch out for such people who disguise themselves with their lips, speak smoothly, but harbor deceit in their hearts. Verse 25, when he speaks graciously, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Now, the word graciously isn't talking about God's grace, where you get what you don't deserve. It's the smooth grace that people compliment you in order to get on your side. They really hate you, and so they are talking with dross covering themselves. They hate and therefore disguise themselves with their lips. They don't want to tell you they hate you. It could be an employee, and he compliments his boss all the time on the work being done so that he may get a higher position in his job, but he harbors deceit in his heart. He speaks graciously to you, complimenting you at times, but inside, he really hates you. Verse 26, though his hatred be covered with deception, his wickedness will be exposed to the assembly. 
And there you want to take a look at this, again, from a religious point of view. The word for deception is a hapax legomenon. What does that mean? This is the only time it appears in the Bible. And another translation for it would be craftiness. Though his hatred be covered with craftiness, his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. And that word assembly can also be translated as the congregation. Now, it might not be exposed until the day of judgment, but a lot of times it is exposed in the congregation. We've had pastors who have had to been removed from being a pastor, from their fooling around with other women or taking money from the church. Their hatred of the church, they cover with craftiness, but their wickedness will be exposed to the congregation. 27, whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and a stone will come back on him who starts it rolling. This is a proverb against hostile strategy that backfires, like the person in the congregation who is covered with deception. He has dug a pit. He's going to fall into it. And a stone will come rolling back over him who starts it rolling. This is the way that God works. So if you think you're going to hide your wickedness or your deceptive heart, forget it. A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. This is against the fifth commandment. A lion tongue tries to crush its victims because we hate them. And again, we get that flattering mouth, that smooth mouth that causes ruin. In fact, this is the only time in the Old Testament that the term flattering refers to mouth. And that's something we should be aware of. I like this next one, the beginning of chapter 27. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. In other words, these are people who say, well, tomorrow I'm going to go to such and such a place and I will do this for you. And they promise that. Well, according to James 4, verses 13 to 16, only God knows what's going to really happen tomorrow. So you don't boast about what you're going to do. You stay instead something If God permits me, then I will do 
what I have promised to do. This Proverbs is against bragging, a saying we have, what goes around comes around. Leading to verse 2. Let another praise you, and not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. Now, the word stranger means foreigner. That a foreigner can praise you. And when you praise yourself, you are seen to be a braggart. If there's something to be praised, let something else praise you, including not only a foreigner, but God himself. Verse 3. A stone is heavy, and a load of sand is weighty. Okay, now we're going to be talking about two lesser evils that results in a greater evil. The lesser evil is a heavy stone and weighty sand, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. In other words, a fool's aggravation is heavier on your soul than a heavy stone and a weight of sand. And then finally, verse 4. Wrath is cruel. Anger is overwhelming. Okay, so there's your metaphor. Hearing wrath against you, that's cruel. Anger against you is overwhelming. What does God compare that to? But who can stand before jealousy? Now that is a sinful jealousy over somebody who has something you don't have. And the more it wears on you, it becomes worse than cruel anger. It is devastating as wrath. So again, wonderful proverbs from God himself to help us understand the reality of our obedience. Join us tomorrow for continuation of Law and Gospel. Listen to Law God bless Gospel you. each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.